Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of, well, the Letterman Lounge. It's Matt Parker. It's Spencer Holbrook with some bad news. Um, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Matt doesn't want to be the bearer of bad news, but that's why we're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today, it's a lot of just the bad and the ugly um, in Ohio State recruiting because five-star offensive tackle, number one tackle in America, Maryland native, uh, Florida player, Colorado, soon to be Jordan Seaton, do it all offensive tackle. Again, the number one tackle in America commits to Colorado um, over Ohio State, over Alabama, over a lot of impressive programs, not named Colorado. Jordan Seaton has Colorado at the top of his list after a top six that did not include the buffs. Matt, um, a true stunner on the recruiting scene. We don't get these a lot of times on the trail, but this one was a stunner yeah man give me my theme music as the, i believe that's what the folks up there in boulder say uh yeah uh you and i were texting wednesday night and we're just like yeah man like here in tennessee he took his official visit to ohio state like it was looking like ohio state tennessee uh and then jordan seaton who was supposed to announce his commitment on his instagram live ended up announcing it on undisputed with uh what's the dude's name um skip bayless yeah thank you um and i'm just like man that's quite a quite a difference between your instagram live right there so i guess you know shout out fs1 uh yeah jordan c i I don't know man like colorado was a school that was always in the mix he took two visits there one of them was an official one of them was not uh I guess there's a, I mean, there certainly is a big opportunity for, for him to go to Boulder right away and play. I mean, that Swiss cheese offensive line, like, let's just call it what it is. Like I'm trying my hardest to be respectful of a 17 year old decision. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We talked a little bit about this before we started recording and now the rails are already starting to come off a little bit. So. There is a serious opportunity to go there to Colorado for Jordan Seaton. And like he could be the guy that, you know, Deion Sanders turns this thing around with. Um, I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm not, I don't say that definitively because there's, it's a lot more than just a incoming freshman um, to turn things around with Colorado. Uh, there's a lot of things that Deion and his staff have to do to, make Colorado a sustainable place and have a place within the college football landscape. That's more than just headlines and, and, and cool stuff, you know, like there, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to get done. Landing Jordan Seton's obviously a big part of that, but there's a lot more to be done. Um, This has just been like a really funky recruitment the, the entire time, really ever since, uh, Jordan Seaton, the Washington, D.C. native, left St. John's and transferred to IMG Academy. That's really when things like beginning of, of the funky recruitment, because if you look at it like this time a year ago, like he was three weeks off his uh, unofficial visit to Ohio State. Um, he was on campus in 2022 for the game and like on threes, Chad Simmons wrote a story at that time that Ohio State was the front runner. And just things changed, man. I mean, look look at what the last year has been. 
Well, so I don't know. It's just wild. It's pretty crazy. Kid, kid has Ohio State near the top, goes to IMG, and all of a sudden uh, the relationship starts to dwindle. I don't know. Read into that what you will, but it seems to happen more often than it doesn't. I, I continue, even back when a good friend of the show, Berm, and I would talk recruiting on this very YouTube channel, there's something about IMG right now the last three, four recruiting cycles. You know, Ohio State landed um, Legend Cavazos from IMG. Ohio State landed Carnell Tate from IMG. And really, other than that, it's been very hard for Ohio State to get into IMG. And here's just another example of that. Uh, Ohio State had a really good relationship with Jordan, Jordan Seaton. He's at IMG, and all of a sudden the relationship starts to go downhill. The Buckeyes basically are done with Jordan Seaton, and then they reemerge in the recruitment somehow. Um, and almost rekindle that relationship. They twist tooth and nail to get him on campus, get him back on campus last weekend. The visit goes well, but he's talking about things like the weather and um, other things that are factors in his recruitment. And then um, it was kind of a drama-filled process trying to get him on campus um, with, does he have practice? Is his season over? Is he going to come to campus? Does he agree to come to campus? And then – he picks a school that's not in his top six. I, I don't know, man. Like this is just not. Uh, here's what. Here's what I'll tell. Here's what I'll say. Justin Fry, and Ryan Day, are not on the hook for this. No. Like they, they did, they did. And look, I'm the guy who's even pl- even begged people on this very show to give Parker Fleming credit in the recruitments that he's done a good job with because every one of these coaches does recruitments elsewhere. And I know everybody likes to use him as a punching bag, but like there have been times where he's been a decent recruiter for Ohio State. Justin Fry and Ryan Day clawed their way back into this recruitment. And to be even in the position on the day of the decision to be in the recruitment is a testament to the work that they put in to get back into the recruitment. But you're not here to get back into recruitments. You're here to win recruitments. And sometimes you don't lose, you just don't win. And like, this is like, good luck, man. Good luck to, to Jordan Seaton at Colorado. I still think he's going to sign with Tennessee, um, which is just a completely another story, but we don't have to talk about that anymore because he didn't pick Ohio State. And even if he did pick Ohio State today, I would be pumping the brakes because I would be scared to death about holding on to him in the next two weeks before he actually signs on the dotted line. Like and, and like for what it's worth, I mean, he committed at 11 Eastern, 11 Eastern in the morning. And like an hour and a half later, there was rumors and speculation that he was that he's planning an official visit to Oregon. So, like, I think you just you have to take a step back. And this is something that, you know, I personally see like on social media and stuff like that, like which which there needs to be a case study. I'm sure there is. But like we don't deal in the academics anymore. Not that we ever really did in the first place, but like, no. you know, we were there, but we weren't there. You know what I mean? I'm drinking a cup from my favorite bar in Athens. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, I see this on social media all the time as it relates to Ohio state. And like, you see Ohio state fans all the time saying that they want people to be in the program that want to be there. And if this was a decision that was based solely on football, solely on development, solely getting to the NFL, 
and 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 everything that like is actually important when it comes to choosing a future, choosing your future for the next three to four years. I have a very sneaking suspicion, Spencer, that uh, Colorado would not have been the hat on Jordan Seaton's head today on FS1. But this is not how recruiting works in, in the year 2023. That's not how recruiting is typically going to work moving forward, which is very sad and unfortunate. And it, you can't, I can say it is what it is because I don't recruit kids. I just try to talk to the kids, you mm -hmm. know. But if you're Ohio State, you can't say it is what it is. And Ohio State isn't about to because like, all right, let's like let's just get to the to the truth of the matter. You know, this was NIL was a big influence in this recruitment. It was it was a big thing that's been reported. We've reported that uh, a lot of national people have reported that like we're not going to be shy about saying what what mattered in this recruitment and what didn't. So like, and Ohio State is just not going to blow up its NIL structure for high school athletes, no matter how talented they are, no matter how program changing they can be that they potentially can be, because that's the thing that Ohio State is uh, recruiting is rolling off potential. That's all it is. It, it's rolling off potential. Um, these kids could be great in high school and then turn out to be bums and like in college and like i that's the only way i can put it man so when you take a step back and like really look at this from the thirty thousand foot view yes missing out on your biggest remaining offensive priority it hurts it does but the things that matter to ohio state did they matter as much to jordan seaton as they mattered to ohio state that's the question you have to ask. And if the answer isn't, you know, a 100% obvious yes, then you take a step back and just be like, okay, like how bad of a miss is this? And where do we go from here? And with Ohio State, where they go from here is like, I have been told that they, with, I mean, less than two weeks until the early signing period opens on December 20th, I've been told that no 2024 prospect it, probably no 2024 prospect is going to be looked at. Uh, of course, senior tape is still rolling into the scouting department at the Woody. So, I mean, last minute things could happen. Who knows? But with the current information I have, it's transfer portal season. I mean, it really is. Uh, and Ohio State is going to be looking at names that are in the portal. And that's that's where they go from here, man. It's uh, just a weird time. Because, you know, there are a lot of layers to this. It makes you wonder, first of all, why, you know, um, the Buckeyes, there are players around the, the, the region, around the state, who the Buckeyes probably could have been in on at different points, but they went in on Jordan Seaton and said, like a William Satterwhite, who's, who's committed to Tennessee, who's a, who's a pretty good player. You know, um, that's a guy who you probably wouldn't have had to swing for Jordan Seaton if you had that guy in the class. You probably still would have because he's a five-star do-it-all. But, you know, that's a guy who's right down the road here in the state, and he's going to Tennessee. There are layers to this, like Ohio State now probably is more apt to go to the transfer portal and find a younger offensive line, not just a plug-and-play, but a younger guy to supplement this 2024 class. There are layers like, you know, does the strategy of the kind of offensive lineman that you're recruiting change right now? Um, because the last two or three years – You've been burned quite a bit. 
um, on the trail on the on the offensive line? Are you targeting the right guys? Are you targeting the right people? Um, are you targeting the right high school programs for your offensive line talent? There are many ways that Ohio State is going to have to reevaluate things after this process, especially the way that this recruitment went. So a few things I want to I want to address, and then let's move on to this coming weekend because Ohio State has an important weekend this coming weekend that we got to talk about with three official visitors coming in. But two things. One, the approach to recruiting, we have already seen a little bit of a change in that Ohio State is recruiting offensive linemen earlier than it typically has. And that's especially noticeable with the emphasis that Justin Fry and Ryan Day have placed on 2025 offensive tackle Carter Lowe. Uh, You don't host a 2025 prospect for three game day visits and during the like two week contact period or evaluation period or whatever it is that's during the season um, where, you know, head coaches can get on the road. Like you don't see Ohio State really utilizing that super often as it relates to kids that are in the next cycle in the upcoming cycle. But like Ohio State. Ohio State's head coach, Ryan Day, and Justin Fry went and visited with Carter Lowe during the during the bye week. They know the importance of an in-state kid like that. And so you are seeing that emphasis placed on offensive tackles earlier in recruiting cycles. The same way that you have to recruit a quarterback earlier uh, than you used to, it's now the same with offensive tackles. And so Ohio State is – as far as I'm concerned, Ohio State will forever and ever be a relationship-driven place. Uh, that That's just how it is, and that's how it will be, as far as I'm concerned and as far as I can understand and see. And so with that, if you can get in as early as possible, I think that's just the way that they're going to have to go moving forward. And then the second thing that I wanted to address is this isn't a make-or-break moment for this 2024 Ohio State class. It's still the number two recruiting class in the country, uh, according to on three. And I think just about like every other recruiting service. Mm -hmm. So like, that's, I would say that's pretty good. Um, I don't know about you, but I would say that's pretty good, especially when you look around and see that there's only 22 kids in the class compared to other places that have like 27 or 28 or something like that. Uh, which goes to show that the quality of player that Ohio State is getting is a lot higher than, than some other programs across the country. And then specifically with that, you look at the four guys that are the four offensive linemen that are coming to Columbus. Uh, three of those four are going to be early enrollees with Ian Moore and then Deontay and Devontae Armstrong. Uh, Gabe Van Sickle rounds out the four-man offensive line hall for Justin Fry in 2024. You look at all four of those players and like they're pretty damn good. Like Ian Moore, I think, is one of the most underrated kids in this class. Uh, the Armstrong twins are 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 proven winners. I mean, they just won their third consecutive division one state championship in Ohio, which you and I know how hard that is to just go to one state championship uh, in division one, let alone go to three and win all three. Like that's super impressive. And then Gabe Van Sickle is a kid who just has continued to rise. And, like, I'm not trying to, you know, have the scarlet tinted glasses on or anything, but I am trying to put to the forefront of what is there for Ohio mm-hmm. State. And that is something that is not talked about. Um, I, 
that happens because of how narratives are shaped. Uh, good news doesn't sell. Good news doesn't get clicks. It, it just doesn't. But you know what? We it, we have a responsibility to talk about the things that are good with Ohio State because it's not all bad. Like we really need to have that that realization that like the world is not ending for Ohio State. Um, sure, it's been an unfortunate couple of weeks, but like. You know how many other fan bases and programs would trade to be in the position that Ohio State is in right now? Like, I could probably name, oh, uh, let's say, uh, how many FBS programs are there? 100 what? Like 30 133. Yeah, there's probably like 126 programs that would trade to be where Ohio State is right now. So, like, let's all, like, just take a second. Take stock of where Ohio State is in the college football landscape. Take stock of where this 2024 recruiting class is. And then also take stock of the four offensive linemen that are going to be in uniform for Ohio State on August 31st when they play Akron. Then they just changed the schedule. So when they play Akron, hopefully at noon, because if it's at any other time other than noon, you're going to hear about it from me and like – four months from now, whenever they announce the kickoff for that. And, you know, like just, I don't know, man, that's my soapbox. And I knew I was going to get on it, but I just wanted to know how I would get there. So no, the standard is like, I I don't know, man. The standard is the standard and Ohio state hasn't landed five-star prospects at a high enough clip along the offensive line. And it showed this year. Uh, I think fans have a reason to be concerned about the offensive line um into next year and then they want to see that high level talent that you get at wide receiver and quarterback also be on the offensive line with that being said like it's so crazy that if you land like the number 98 player in the country and he's a wide receiver you throw a ticker tape parade you land the number 98 player in the country and it's an offensive lineman you're asking why the kid is why you didn't get the five star it's like it's the position's that always strike me of where people get excited. Like if you land a defensive tackle and he's the number 171 player in the country, like, oh, that's a pretty good get for Larry Johnson. Like, oh, you know, Larry Johnson just got a top 200 player from around the country. And <clears throat> excuse me, wow, voice crack. Larry Johnson just got a top 200 player from around the country. Like it's probably going to gonna be a good thing. Um, but if Ohio State lands a top 200 player, like a Ian Moore or a Gabe Van Sickle. It's like, oh, well, are they going to get the five-star? If not, I don't care. So, like, I think that's where I get lost is, like, the perception of offensive linemen is, like, unless it's a five-star, it's not going to be any good. And we know that that's not true. Like, there are so many examples, so many examples for Ohio State. So, like, I agree with you. I think it's time to to settle down a little bit. This class is pretty good. Um, I mean, it's the number two class in the country. Yeah. Everybody wants the number one class, but like Ohio State's never going to land the number one class, ever, ever, no. because they they just don't. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, man, I think that this it's a that's a good place to put a pin in the Jordan Seaton discussion. I mean, it's it's done. Um, Ohio State's probably going to be out of it, even though other schools aren't out of it, because I don't think he's going to sign with Colorado. I'll be real honest. No, I mean, if, if, I don't know, man. And so, music. Anyway, uh, Matt. Um, Cotton Bowl's coming up. I think everybody should go to the Cotton Bowl. The Buckeyes basketball team is good. Everybody should go watch the Buckeyes basketball team. Um, the Jackets, not good. Um, you can still go watch the Jackets, I suppose, if, if you're into that. They sort stink, of thing. man. They stink yeah. bad. They stink out loud. Um, but if you want to go see anything, 
The best place to do it is through the GameTime app or GameTime.co. Use the promo code Buckeyes for $20 off your first purchase. That's right, the promo code Buckeyes for $20 off your first purchase in the GameTime app or at GameTime.co. They also do this thing. Let's say you buy a ticket at the shot for Ohio State basketball for in Section 104, like Row E. You find a ticket on a competing ticketing site in Section 104, Row E, and it's cheaper. Then you send that into game time, and they refund you 110% the difference of that ticket price. So it's a pretty good deal there. They got a good thing going on at game time. And the game time app, gametime.co, of course, terms apply, but go to use the promo code Buckeyes right now for $20 off your first purchase in the game time app. Go see all your favorite sports teams. Go see all your favorite, I don't know, theatrical performances. You want to go take the misses to see cats? Um, I'm sure there's tickets on the game time app. Whatever you, you'd like to go see, um, Jersey Boys, um, Wicked. Uh, it's, it, you could just say a Christmas Carol, dude. It's December seventh. Oh, you're right. A Christmas Carol. You like? Ooh. Do you like? Do you like Charles Dickens, Matt? You big, you big Dickens guy. Well, I, I wouldn't say that, but a Christmas Carol is pretty good. I like the Mickey Mouse version. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. The, Muppets, the Muppets one too. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Shout out Gonzo. Your, that that guy is that guy's a lunatic. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Muppet? That's who are I can't ever remember their names, but the old guys in the balcony. Oh, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, yeah. I, those those fellas. They're right. my favorite. What about drop you? your favorite? Drop your favorite Muppet in the comments, folks. I want to know. Uh, are we getting out of here, Matt? You got more to you got more to chat about? Big big weekend coming up for the Buckeyes. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but there's a couple guys coming in, important visitors. Uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, Ohio State has three official visitors coming in. I don't think they had any official visitors in December last year. Not that I can remember anyway. Probably because they were too busy planning for Georgia in the college football playoff. And now they're finding a way to keep the whole program together, according to the internet which is, you know, what the internet tells me, man, that never lies. The internet never lies. Just ask George Washington. My dad likes that one. So, but yeah, no, again, getting back to what actually matters, not my opinions. Um, Ohio State is hosting two defensive linemen this weekend with defensive tackle, Carlin Jones from Bay City, Texas, formerly committed to Nebraska. We're going to, I'll get into his recruitment just a little bit. Um, Because I do think it is interesting. And then defensive tackle slash defensive end, uh, Ernest Willor from Baltimore. Um, And then the four-star safety, Coy Perrick, who is a Minnesota commit. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a temperature check on these guys come out uh, Friday for LettermanRoad.com, which I'm sure Spencer will talk I hope if they, yeah, I hope if they have a high temperature, they don't come on their visit. Okay, we're talking about the Muppets, and now here we are. This show is officially off the rails, <clears throat> but this is the longest we've ever made it without going off the rails. So I guess props to us. Um, this might be the most dysfunctional show at Letterman Row. It might be. <clears throat> I just think okay, whatever. Okay, back back to what matters. Okay. Um, to me, the biggest visitor this weekend is it, I think it's Coy Perrick. Like, and, and I'm going to get into that just, to, and you know what? I, I redact my statement. 
I think it's Carlin Jones. I take back my Coy Parrott comment. He's a close second, though. And I say it's Carlin Jones because right now Ohio State has two defensive linemen committed to its 2024 uh, class, which that's not great. <laughs> There's another thing that's just not looking great for the Bucks right now. Um, I mean, one of them is five-star Edge, Edric Houston. So, like, that's that is that's good. That's good. The other is three-star defensive tackle Eric Mensa. That's good. You know, having having depth at defensive tackle when you could be, when Ohio State could be poised to lose three, four defensive tackles. Uh, that bringing guys in is good. That's why having Carlin Jones, Ohio State is projecting him as a three tech, um, so inside guy. Really and truly, he I'd say he's also the most important visitor this weekend because other schools are starting to enter the mix for Carlin Jones. Uh, USC, he has an official visit for now scheduled. Uh, to USC the weekend after this. So that would be the 15th through the 17th. And then like Syracuse is in the mix because Syracuse has all the buzz right now with Fran Brown and then Elijah Robinson coming in as the defensive coordinator, which by no means like that, those are really good coaches, like really good names, but like Syracuse hasn't like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't buy it. I really don't. Um, I think a lot of kids are going to be excited by it, but I think a lot of kids are also going to be like, okay, show me first. Like, definitely show me because, like, how excited would you be to go to Syracuse, New York in December? Uh, not very. I mean, the weather is a factor for some schools and not for others. <laughs> we during the show. I suppose that's true. Like, Carlin Jones straight up told me that he part of the reason why he's going to USC is to check out the weather. He's from Texas. So like that SoCal weather is no joke though. I will say it is very nice. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely a need for Carlin Jones in this Ohio state 2024 class, the same with Ernest Willor, but like, that's just been such a weird recruitment, quite honestly, like he hasn't been to Ohio state since 21, which is according to my calculation, two years ago, almost three years ago. So yeah, quick notes check there. Uh, looking at Koi Perrick, uh, the safety that is from Esco, Minnesota, plays at Lincoln Secondary, currently committed to PJ Fleck and the Gophers. Uh, I don't anticipate him on signing with Minnesota, truth be told. That is a recruitment where like Ohio State can, can lock it up this weekend, pending the official visit goes well which, I mean, I really haven't heard of an official visit that's gone bad for Ohio State in the two years I've been covering this this team. Um, I mean, I've heard stories about it, but, like, I've personally never covered an official visit that went poorly. So that's a, that's a bonus in the Ohio State column right there, I would say. Uh, there's a real need for another safety in this 2024 class. Two guys that are in it, Jalen McLean from New Jersey and then Leroy Roker from – Fort Myers, Florida. Um, Jalen will be is an early enrollee. He will be on campus in January, and then Leroy won't be on campus until the summer. Um, even though Ohio State was, you know, kind of pushing for him to be there just so they could have work the depth, get him developed, and things like that because he certainly needs developed. But that's beside the point. Um, Corey Perrick would not, will not be an early enrollee, no matter where he goes. By the way. 
uh, he has started his basketball season, his senior basketball season up there in Minnesota, and then he wants uh, to run track as well in the spring. So he, he's a very athletic kid. Um, kind of reminds me the like his athleticism kind of reminds me a lot of Lincoln Keenholz, like covering that recruitment last year. Like the does everything, plays everything, like the best player, best athlete in the state kind of deal. And like Minnesota's comparatively a better sports state than South Dakota, I would say. So I don't know, but the things that are going in Ohio State's favor, and this is how we'll we'll start to wrap things up after this and maybe have a couple of other closing like housekeeping notes because I do have a couple of other things that will that I'll save for the end. Um there's a like I said, there's a real need for another safety in this class. I haven't really seen a whole lot of defensive backs going into the portal um that weren't leaving Ohio State, quite honestly. And maybe I'm wrong. It's really hard to keep up with like all 2,000 names that go into the portal that are Ohio State caliber level players, mind you. Um, but uh, Coy Perrick likes the Ohio State defense. He likes how aggressive Ohio State has played its safeties throughout the fall, um, minus the Michigan game, because, you know, they really didn't do anything crazy in that game. Um, and there's quite honestly, like, I think there's a real chance for, for, if Corey Perrick decides to commit and sign to Ohio state, I think there's a real chance that like he'd come in and like make some noise. Uh, I mean, he needs to develop. That's the biggest thing with all of these guys, right? Like they need to develop, but I mean, there, what, like there's a safety spot open, assuming Lathan Ransom goes to the NFL, two safety spots with Josh Proctor. Uh, I mean, leaving so like we'll see um malik hartford has probably the upper hand compared to everybody else sonny styles unless something crazy happens is not going to lose his spot so like there's a real opportunity for some of these younger guys to come in and do some things and i think that opportunity is really enticing to to coy perrick and he'll sit down with perry eliana this weekend and they'll go through film study and say like this is how you know ohio state sees you in the program and, and everything like that and where your best fit is in this in this defense and you know we'll get the reaction sunday night monday morning and, and we'll go from there so i don't know man this is this is a major weekend that hasn't really been talked about yet so we're gonna pump it up at lettermanrow.com because that's what we do good chance for the buckeyes to put a bow on this recruiting class in a good way yeah and finish strong um, you said you had some housekeeping stuff to finish off with? Yeah, just a couple of notes. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz about four-star running back Jordan Lyle uh, potentially flipping, potentially decommitting, and that very well could happen. It could not. If it does happen, don't be surprised. If it doesn't happen, don't be surprised. Uh, Miami is the school that has really been pushing for Lyle and his talents to stay home. Uh, you know, Lyle plays at St. Thomas Aquinas, who's competing in a state championship Friday night uh, out there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hurricanes are making a big push for him to stay home. Uh, if that happens, it happens. Like, don't be surprised, but also don't be surprised if Ohio State football announces on social media that the Jordan Lyle's heading to Columbus on the 20th. So that's my first thing. My second thing is, and this was, this is like, you really had to read between the lines of this uh, to, to understand it. 
And I was so happy to read this, not because it's positive Ohio State news, but because it's what I've been saying since March. Okay. So finally, this is a Jeremiah Smith note for all of the folks at home, for Ohio State fans, for Florida State fans, for Miami fans, for for whatever reason, Florida fans. So on threes, Chad Simmons was at was in Tallahassee on Thursday, which is where the Shamanah Madonna Lions were playing in the state championship, okay, which they won 56 to nothing, by the way, in Florida. Pardon my French, but that's an ass whooping. Yeah. End note. Uh, and, of course, Chad was able to get some time with five-star wide receiver, Ohio State commit Jeremiah Smith. And the the biggest thing, I read I read this, and I read it back. And I just, I, I kind of laughed because I was just like, oh, finally. Uh, let me pull up the quote. I don't want to butcher it because I would feel really bad if I butchered it. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is great podcasting right here. I know. I know. I know. So this is a this is a quote about Jeremiah Smith playing at Ohio State. I mean, why not? You've got Brian Hartline who's putting receivers in the first round. I mean, that's the reason why. I'm trying to be a first round draft pick. The story continues. When asked, Smith said that there is no quote biggest threat end quote to flip him from the Buckeyes. Everybody is still involved, but there is no biggest threat right now. Remember in March when I said that Jeremiah Smith was locked in with Ohio State? He might take visits elsewhere, and he will continue to do so, as he should, because he has worked hard to be in this position. Remember when I said that? Mm -hmm. Remember when I said that again in April and May? I got to talk to Jeremiah Smith in June at the Elite 11, and he told me the reason why he's going to Ohio State is so he can be developed into a first-round wide receiver be the be the best guy that Ohio State has ever had. Do you remember when I did that? Yeah, I also don't want you to strain yourself, patting yourself on the back so hard. My hands are right here, brother. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. I've been on the IR for like a week and a half sick. I just now have my energy back, which thanks everyone for watching the show last week as I was was dealing with the cold. I really appreciate it. And I do apologize for, for being under the weather. Maybe we should have postponed last week. All of this to say, enough grandstanding here. Ohio State continues to be in a very good position to bring home its 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 highest rated commit. Um, it's a guy that sees the opportunity in Columbus to get on the field as a true freshman in that wide receiver room, which is ridiculously hard. Uh, props to Carnell Tate for being able to do it this year. Uh, like seriously, big props for him to be able to do that with all the guys that came back from the twenty two and. We're less than two weeks away, um, and I still feel, even with the Florida State official visit coming up for Jeremiah Smith this weekend, I still feel a very good position that Ohio State is going to sign Jeremiah Smith, and he will be on campus in January as well. So that's all I got. That's all I got. You know what's hilarious? Jeremiah Smith is not the number one receiver in America, according to one recruiting service. Okay, sure. 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 I just pulled up his his profile and I was like, that's kind of hilarious. What are we doing here? Let me take a guess at who it is. Uh, We don't have to say names. They don't pay us. 
He's the number one player in America, according to, to he's the number two player in America, according to on three. The, the industry rankings say that he's number one. And you know who pays us on three? And you know whose rankings are pretty good on three. So it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of funny. Like, yeah, he's the, still the number one player in the industry rankings, even though one of those industry ranking data points has him at number seven and number two in the receiver category. But whatever. Well, you know what? People are wrong, man. People are wrong every day. I'm, I've probably been wrong about 10 times on this very here show. So, you know what? And on that note, that note, we will get out of here. Matt Parker on the other side of that screen covering every aspect of Ohio State recruiting, just like he does 365 days a year with Alex Kleitman over on the website, lettermanrow.com. Go to lettermanrow.com right now. Get your first two months for $1 when you use the code OSU1. Two months for $1 when you use the code OSU1. Matt's going to have all this coverage there. My coverage, along with Tim May, the 40-year vets, and Andy Backstrom's on the team side. We're heading to the Cotton Bowl December 29th. We'll see you guys there. If you use the game time app, use that promo code Buckeye, save $20 on tickets to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Matt's going to get back to work on the recruiting stuff. I'm going to get back to work doing whatever they have me doing, um, covering the transfer portal and everything Ohio State football. We'll see you guys over at LettermanRoad.com. We'll see you in the Letterman Lounge on the message board where we're chopping it up at the Buckeyes all year round. <laughs>